Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hey there, friends. It's Andy. I am so excited about this conversation today. I have Chelsea Jewell on. Chelsea and I met in one of my programs, the Sea Changers Community, and Chelsea and I just really clicked right away. I was immediately so into the things that she offers. She does intuitive and karmic astrology work. She also does past life healing work. And I'm just going to give you a little preview of what you're going to get shortly. She's actually going to use my chart today to share an example of how she does that work. And okay, my mind was blown. Her intention in the work that she does is to support those that she works with by guiding them back into their own intuition. We're all born with this intuition. We're all born with this innate knowing and inner power, and we each have unique soul gifts. And her intention is to help you to really reclaim those so that you can live with clarity and purpose and courage. And she does some really cool things. In addition to her readings and her coaching, she actually I love I love this. I don't think I've ever seen it anywhere else. She offers a one-on-one intuitive mentorship program. It's a completely personalized program to help each of us s- strengthen our own intuitive gifts. And she has all sorts of different intuitive training exercises. She does some energy work through the chakra system. She works with the Akashic Records, which we'll talk about. In the episode, you get to practice past life readings, all sorts of cool stuff that she does. And she she mentions in the episode that you don't have to be someone who's born seeing spirits or just kind of walking this path of like deeply, a, a deep awareness of what's happening on the psychic realm to be able to open up your intuitive gifts because we truly all have them. So I love this. I want to do this mentorship myself. I'm I'm just I'm so I'm so in love with everything that she offers. So we have a long, interesting, mind-bending conversation and I'm so excited to get into it. So without further ado, I'm going to get us going and meet my friend, Chelsea Jewell. Hi, Chelsea. I'm so excited to have you with me today. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. How's it going? We're in this new this new season with this new astrological year underway. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I am a fire sign, and so the Aries season sits well with me. 
I love it. So as you know, we start with a little bit of astrology. We're going to be doing a lot of astrology conversation (laughs) on this particular episode, but we start with a little bit of an astrology conversation. So you're a fire sign. So what is your sun, moon, and rising? I am a Leo sun, like you. Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) A Sagittarius moon and a Scorpio rising. So I have a lot of fire. And even with that watery Scorpio rising, Scorpio, I think of as like the most fiery water sign. So even in that, I feel like there's, you know, some intensity and fire in that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally feel that. Actually, a lot of my best girlfriends are either Scorpio sun or Scorpio rising. And they've all got that like little bit of fire edge within that wateriness of themselves. Yeah. And it's funny because before I knew what, what my rising sign was, I, and I think I heard you talking about this similarly, I think on your episode with Callahan that like, you always felt like you had to really identify with your Leo sun, which I do too. And I do often, but once I understood my rising sign as a Scorpio, I was like, that makes so much sense of why I come across as like very intense and kind of mysterious or aloof sometimes. And it really felt like it completed a picture of my profile. Yeah. Yeah. I felt the very same way. And I've talked about that when I learned about my Capricornness as my Capricorn rising and my Taurus moon. I was like, oh, well, this explains, this explains all the things. I always, I always identified with that Leo, like being the performer and like being on stage and like being really kind of bold and all of that. But then I was like, oh, but there's this whole other thing that happens here. Yeah, exactly. That's what I love about astrology is it like confirms and validates things we know about ourselves or feel about ourselves on some level. And then once we figure out what the astrological meaning is, we're like, oh, it makes so much sense that I'm like this. It's it's so true. And so since we're going to be talking a lot about astrology today, you are an astrologer and specifically you are an intuitive and karmic astrologer. So tell me what that means. What is an intuitive and karmic astrologer get up to? Tell me about that. (laughs) Well, I think of, there are almost two different forms of astrology and I kind of mix them together, but intuitive astrology, I, I think is actually what a lot of people do, even if they don't call themselves that, because astrology is a very intuitive art and science, but it's really just, I think of it instead of, you know, just telling you piece by piece, like, oh, your Mercury's in Capricorn, here's what that means. And here's, what this is, and that's what that means, and telling you piecemeal. Intuitive astrology really mixes everything together and blends everything together. together. And I really try to identify the major themes that speak to me in a chart. And the way I think of it is I almost see astrology as like, and an astrology chart as a doorway into the intuitive realm, into our connection with source. And that's kind of how I use it. So it's not, I'm not just telling you some keywords and buzzwords about your chart. The karmic piece comes in in the fact that I also use astrology birth charts to look at um, sort of where our soul has been in past lives and what we're here to heal and to grow and learn from. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I actually was texting with a friend this morning and she had messaged me and she said, is there something going on with the lunar cycle that is causing, this is, a, I'm going to go dark for a second, that's causing some of our loved ones to transition. I just had both of my grandparents pass 
then my partner had lost several people in his family. And my girlfriend who texted me, um, texted me, said she had just had an experience in which she had within the last two weeks lost some of her elders as well. Mm-hmm. And she asked me that question and I, I was, you know, I really was thinking on it and I was like, you know, I, I can't really answer that, nor can I pinpoint something in the lunar cycle. But it really got me thinking that the vastness of what we can, what we can uncover. And I don't really mean like predict that things are going to happen, but what we can uncover about the way just this, the flow of the universe is, is working, there's just so, there's so much depth to it. Yeah. And when she asked me that question, I was like, you know, I, I can't really answer that, but it's something that I, I told her, I said, I'm actually having a conversation with Chelsea in a little while. <laughs> and while I don't know that either of us could answer if that's something that's written in the cosmos or in any sort of, you know, chart anywhere, there's probably something to I, having an awareness of that happening in this present time and the way that it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I've actually had someone in a reading before ask me if I could see like when she was going to die or how long her life would oh, be. Wow. And I don't like to use the chart in that way because it really kind of takes away our free will. And that's something to really keep in mind that even with astrology, especially with astrology, um, nothing is telling us how to be or what our set destiny is or what exact date so-and-so is going to happen. But it does present us with opportunities. And what I find really important is using astrology sometimes more in retrospect than looking forward to add meaning and context to things that impact us in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly when I was having that conversation with her this morning. That's kind of the the thoughts that I was having is, you know, we, we, well, this is, yeah, this is getting, I don't know, it's getting a little bit, a little bit, well, we're here to talk about the woo. So I guess getting woo is what we do here. So, um, but what I was, what I said to her was, you know, I don't think it would have been something that any of us would have been able to pinpoint, but we could potentially look at, in the example of my grandparents, they both transitioned within three months of one another. They, it was not COVID related. There was, there, to me, there was clearly a soul pact there that was mm-hmm. probably always there and will continue to be there in their next iteration and their yeah. next iteration. And so could I, could I dig somewhere in the chart and maybe find that potentially? Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. And, you know, for those of us who are, so to say, like left behind or like we're still here and trying to find meaning out of these tough things like death of a loved one or really anything in our lives, I think what astrology can offer is, you know, once we have kind of started to move through the grieving process and we're asking ourselves, like, what can I learn from this? Why is this here for me as an opportunity to like grow from? And that's where astrology can maybe give us a direction of saying like, my soul is really here to learn the lessons of XYZ. And even if I couldn't have predicted the exact timing this was going to happen, um, that's not really the point. Here's maybe where I can start to gather some meaning and growth from this, as difficult as it is. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And okay, so I want to ask you, doing this work as a car- karmic astrologer, what exactly is karma, and how do we how do we work with it in our modern lives? I think we we have this 
idea, many of us, of what karma is, but from your perspective, what is it and how do we work with it? Yeah. And I mean, it's a great question. And I'm sure there are, I I haven't really like studied Buddhism or anything extensively like that, but from the work that I've done, um, and I know like my soul has done this work in a lot of past lives as well to get really woo diving in. Um, But yeah, a lot of us do kind of have this conception of karma as being like, almost like retribution or like in a past life, I did something wrong. And now I have to have that same thing happen to me um, as sort of like payback. And that can be part of karma, not in a payback or vengeful kind of way, but just in a way that really adds a fullness and a wholeness to our experience as a soul of getting to experience all different dimensions of a particular situation. But karma, from my point of view and what I've seen through my own work and studies and with clients, is also um, a really big healing opportunity. And a lot of us who are here incarnated today have had past lives where we have undergone, our souls have undergone trauma and hardship. And karma isn't here to tell us like, you deserve for those things to happen, or you deserve to be on the other side and giving that sort of hardship to anyone else. It's here to say like, your mission in this lifetime is to heal your soul from that and to be able to find peace despite everything you've been through. And the other way I also look at karma is um, karma more or less is just almost like a habit or an imprint on the soul. And so even if it's not that like in a past life, we did something bad and we have to atone for that in this lifetime, it's more of like, you can look at it like if you had something really traumatic happen to you in a past life, it's not that you deserve for that to happen again in this lifetime, but there's almost like an imprint, like a karmic imprint that's left on your soul from that past life experience. And it's like, um, your soul almost forms a, an unspoken contract that says, this must be what I deserve. And so it ends up forming this habit that continues throughout lifetimes of, that's what I expect to happen to me because that's what's happened before. And so that's also like what we're really trying to heal and clear are those unconscious contracts, karmic contracts that say, for example, I can't speak my voice or else I will be killed because that's happened before. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. So in the work that you do, a big part of your mission is to raise the level of consciousness on this planet. And you do that by helping others to reawaken to their own potential. And how do you how do you do that work with this with this gift that you have of being able to work with folks from a karmic perspective and an intuitive perspective and as an astrologer how does how does this mission play out in the work that you do great question um well i really like to use a variety of modalities astrology and past life healing being two of the the biggest ones but i also am a certified coach and i use coaching um akashic records reading a bunch of other things but what I found is, you know, we all have our issues, we all have our wounds, we all have our patterns um, and karma. <laughs> and it's the way that we move through that and really evolve into higher levels of consciousness is by bringing our awareness and our intention 
our intentional awareness to something. Because I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. But like, you can take the same exact action of that, say, um, helping some like helping your mother unload the groceries or whatever. You can do that from a, a kind of lower level of consciousness of kind of just reacting to what's expected of you and not really being aware of your emotions. And maybe you're someone who's always doing stuff for other people and not really taking care of yourself. And it starts to build into resentment. On the other side, you can do that same act with intention and awareness of like, this is what I want to be doing. Um, this is how it's serving me. This is how it's serving the other person. And that's maybe a silly example, but the point is that everything we do, everything we think to and about ourselves and everything we say, if we can bring a level of awareness to it, that in itself brings us healing and growth and evolution. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I think that approach is so beautiful. Just showing up with intention and and everything you do. And so in your work, you have an opportunity to inspire people through the modalities that you use to shift how they approach just how they how they show up every day. Yeah, cuz there's so much that we don't even realize is going on under our surface and our thoughts and emotions. Um, you know, for a lot of different reasons we're kind of trained to keep so busy and to kind of disconnect ourselves from our emotions or from our body. And just by like having someone else hold space for you, or even just holding space for yourself, maybe if you journal or meditate or something, um, to be able to really witness and ask yourself what's going on with those things. And what is the deeper root of what you really want, why you really want it? um, What is really driving your, your actions? All of those things help us understand where we might be blocking ourselves or where our energy may be blocked um, for different reasons. So if someone were to book an appointment with you, there's a lot of different ways they can work with you. But in this in this specific karmic conversation that we're having, a way they could do that would be through a past life reading and healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I know we're going to spend a little time chatting about that and potentially using some of my my information as an example. So tell us what a past life reading and healing is to begin with. Yeah. So um, I suggest this for a lot of people who um, find themselves like dealing with the same pattern or the same sort of issue um, over and over again, or dealing with something that they're like, I know logically what to do to move on from this or how to get out of it, but I can't seem to do it. And that usually when, when there's like not really a logical explanation of why we keep doing something or why something keeps affecting us in a certain way, there's usually a root cause in a past life. And mm-hmm. so it could be like, like dating the same type of person, yes, exactly. having like the same type of like wacky friendship that like falls apart, like taking the same wrong job, like any of those things could count. Exactly. Or like continuing to have the same sort of like knee jerk reaction to mm-hmm. a certain trigger, even though logically you're like, I don't mean to get so angry about this, but <laughs> it just really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so what I do is I start by looking at someone's astrology chart and that gives me a certain of information, which 
I have yours up and we can go into in a second yeah. too. And then I also um, go into someone's Akashic records to kind of fill in the details of the story. And when we come together in a session, um, I walk them through kind of what I found and what I saw beforehand. And then we together talk through it. And then we, I take them through kind of a guided visualization journey back to that past life. And we bring white healing light to it so that any of those like karmic soul contracts that were formed as a result of whatever they experienced can be let go of and released and healed and any sort of patterns that they have developed throughout the course of their probably many lifetimes can start to like, let's bring them back to uh, even ground. Got it. And for anyone who might not be familiar with what the Akashic records are, can you talk a little bit about what the records are that you're looking into to help you to find yeah. this information? Yeah, the Akashic records, it's a really cool um, place on another dimension. So you don't obviously physically go there, but it's um, it's a metaphysical store, basically, of the records of anything that has ever happened and ever will happen. And so you get there. Um, there are lots of different ways you can learn to meditate to get there. Some people use a specific prayer to sort of enter the vibration of the Akashic records. I take myself on a sort of visual journey and meditation to get there. But, um, you know, a lot of people, you you really are using the power of your mind and your consciousness and what you may even call your imagination. And it's not because you are making it up and it's not real. It's just imagination is a form of consciousness. And we use that to journey ourselves to this place and this vibration where you can go in. I see it in my mind's eye as like this big sort of huge white library. And you can go in, find your specific room, open up their, everyone has their own Akashic Records room that holds all of their books of what their soul has been through in past lives, all of the different gifts that you hold, all of the different relationship contracts you have in this lifetime, your soul purpose. There are so many different things you can look up there. Yeah. And so, okay, let me ask you this question and then we can get into my chart as a little example, a little, I'm, I'm so interested, but also as just a little example of how you, yeah. how you do this work. So in the records, would someone be able to, because I know this is probably what some folks are thinking, does it show you past, present, and future? And is it one future or many futures? <laughs> Good question. Um, yes, you can look. When I go to look at someone's past life or my own past life, I go there and I travel there in my mind's eye with my spirit guide. And I ask them to bring me the book of like, take me to the past life where this pattern of picking this type of guy and like not thinking I'm worthy of real love, where did this pattern start? And they'll bring me a sort of book and I'll kind of dive into it and just see what comes up. Um, and actually my past life readings are called past, present, future readings because then I take a look at someone's past life. Um, I tell them all the details of that. We talk about how it's, those patterns are sort of manifesting in the present. And then we do talk about the future and in the Akashic records, the way I see it is again, like everything, most things look like book form to me and it just looks like blank pages that we're still writing. So there are 
unlimited possibilities of what can happen. I try to describe to people in the future part of the reading sort of what the vibration will look like or feel like to them to know that they are on a like a quote quote higher vibrational path that's sort of evolving out of this pattern versus staying in the same pattern which there's no judgment about it's just like if you were in school and you needed some more time to still learn trigonometry there's no judgment in that you just your soul needs more time to really integrate a lesson um but with that there are infinite number of paths within those two directions of the higher vibrational and the lower vibrational so it's not like there's one thing that's going to happen that'll let you know you're on the right path because there's no one right path right yeah as uh as jalisa said when i talked with her a couple weeks ago she said you can't you can't really fuck it up you're just gonna you're just gonna shift you're gonna you may feel that you fucked it up but really you just need to experience whatever it is you're experiencing and then perhaps you take a different path and that's how it goes. Yeah, I love that. And um in my coach training there was a quote we learned and it it said something like and this is almost one of my mantras it said there's no such thing as mistakes. And that also kind of speaks to that like you can't fuck it up. Whatever is happening is happening for your highest and greatest good even if and when it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's take a look at, let's take a look at my chart. I have been sharing that the level of vulnerability I've, you know, we're like what, seven episodes in and I feel like I've already like revealed all of my soul in like, (laughs) you know, just a few weeks time. So it's like, let's just get into it. Let's let's take a look at mine. Yeah. Well, and that is one thing I will use as kind of a disclaimer is that when I look at these past lives. And when I look at like the astrology chart from a past life and karmic perspective, what is showing in your chart is showing us like really what we're here to learn and grow and evolve from. So I don't typically see like the past lives where we were a rock star and we got everything right and people loved us all the time because there's not a lot of lessons we still have to learn from that unless, um, you know, you let your ego get to you and you need to work on that or something. But so a lot of times these sort of past life stories that come out are um, pretty intense and not really light and fairy-like. They're they're pretty <laughs> deep and intense. So um, okay. a couple of places that I, I look first when I'm looking at the chart for from a past life perspective, and um, I didn't, you know, supplement this story for you going into your Akashic records. But, you know, this is usually, like I said, what provides the information that provides me the backbone of the sort of energy we're working with here. So I usually start by looking at the South Node in the astrology chart, which I know you have done a lot of work on and have some blog posts up about. Um, I look to the 12th house, which represents a lot about what we've lost in a past life um, or what was taken from us. I look to Chiron, which is known as the wounded healer, and I also look to Saturn. So a couple of themes that really stood out to me in your chart um, based on looking at those different things and layering them on top of each other is it feels like, and again, this may not be the exact story of what happened in your past life, but this is the sort of energy I want to describe to you and see if this resonates with you. It, it has this feeling of in a past life, you were someone who 
had to almost like be at war on behalf of your family and especially on behalf of your siblings. And what I mean by being at war, I mean like you had to really fight to survive for all of you guys. And there's a really big theme of family and taking care of siblings um, or taking care of family in a past life. It almost, if I were to like craft a story around this, it almost has a feeling of like, maybe there was a mother and a father and you were one of five siblings or something and you were the oldest son and your father in that past life passed away and you all of a sudden had to grow up really soon. I'm getting chills as I'm saying this too. You had to grow up way too soon and really be the patriarch of the family at a young age and carry a lot of responsibility. Um, And with that came a lot of self-sacrifice of your own dreams, time for yourself, um, all of the things that come when you have to sacrifice your own time, like your own spiritual connection, your ability to really have deep intimacy, because it's like you had to survive and fight for survival for your whole family. There wasn't time for any of that. Does that make sense to you? I mean, you could be describing my current life. Yeah. Yeah. Except for that I'm not the son. I'm the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So I I have four. I, there's four of us in my family. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest daughter of four siblings. And that is like, that is like the story. We, wow. I was maybe, I guess I was about, I was about 13 when my parents um, split and then were divorced pretty soon after that. And then both of my parents really they had been incredibly, incredibly connected into my life. But when they split, my siblings were all much long, much younger. My, my sister directly beneath me is five years younger. And then my little brother is nine years younger. So there's like a, there's a kind of a big gap between us. So yeah, I was like 13. My little brother was, was teeny and my parents split and they both really had to go and find their own their own way, which meant that I very much felt like I was the figure in their life to mm-hmm. take care of them, like very much so. And there was a point in time where my mom had a lot of depression and just a lot of, uh, just a, a, a big challenge in her life with what happened between she and my dad. And it was, it was, you know, such different times where people just don't get the support and help that they need when they're Mm -hmm. going through the mental health scenarios that can come up for us. Right. And so she, she went down a really dark path, like a really dark path. And it took many years for her to come off of that path, like many years. And so there was many years where I had to really step in for my siblings and do exactly what you're talking about. Like be wow. that person for them. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even to go a little further with that, when I considered in my like 20s and like the first part of my 30s, even if I would ever have children of my own, I saw my siblings so much as the people that I had raised and needed to continue to take care of. I really considered that maybe it wasn't a thing for me because I had already had this experience of mothering mm-hmm. these these you know these other people that I love so much and so now I am just in my life getting to a place where I'm like okay I feel like I've I've healed all of what needed to be healed there and maybe having children of my own I would feel a sh- a, just a shift and I'd feel different about yeah the way I'd approach that now. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really beautiful Ooh. because, and thank you so much for sharing all of that. It, it really helps, you know, tell the story and fill in some of the gaps. And what I also like to share with people is obviously where your soul has been, but also what the healing and evolution looks like. And I was looking at your chart for this and even hearing you talk about this and just knowing you, I, I was looking at this earlier and I was like, I don't know if it's because you know astrology as well and you, or you're just like a very intuitive and conscious person, but it really feels to me like you have moved in the, like the highest direction that your soul is calling you to, because really what's being asked of you as a way to heal those wounds like the way you may have kind of continued that karmic pattern from before is if you had stayed on that path of acting and living out of full duty and responsibility to your siblings or other people and still kind of like having to sacrifice your own self, your own inner peace, your own dreams, all of that. Um, because there's a way you can still care for them and take care of them while initiating your own life. And it really feels to me that's what you've done. But there's one of the words I like to use the most in past life readings and healings, especially when we start to look at the way forward is reclaiming because so much of our karmic healing is a reclaiming of what we lost or what was taken from us. And in this past life or probably multiple past lives where some version of the story played out, you had all of this, in a lot of ways, you had your power taken away from you by other people or by circumstances that were out of your control. And again, karma isn't here to say like, that's going to happen to you again. It's here to say like, you have the opportunity, especially now today in the world we live in to reclaim and reintegrate your own personal power, to reclaim your own personal space and time to be able to do all of the things you're exactly doing today with everything you do of, you know, finding your creativity, owning your spirituality, having a deeply satisfying, intimate relationship, like all of those things that you just probably in the past wouldn't have been able to have in that past life. And it not out of your fault, but circumstances just wouldn't have allowed you to. And that's really yeah. how I want people to, to kind of shift their perspective around karma is it's here to the universe and source or God or whatever you want to call it wants to see us thrive and heal. And it's not even necessarily a test for us. It's really like if we can just step into the things that are there for us to reclaim and know that we're worthy of having them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. What else <laughs> you see on my chart? <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's so, it's just wild. Um. Let's see. You know, let's see. I'm looking at some of these notes. The other funny thing I was looking at in this whole story, because there is a lot like with siblings. And when I was first looking at this, I was like, this could play out in one of, in a couple different ways. And so there's probably likely a chance that it has played out in another way in the past where like this kind of karmic pattern and what I was feeling into intuitively was the story of you having to take care of your siblings and really like have to make a lot of self-sacrifices for that. There's also another version of this same karmic story where you and your, your siblings had to really fight against each other for resources to survive. And it almost made me think of um, 
have you ever seen that show Succession? Oh yeah. Oh, it's it made me show. it made me think of that type of energy too, where like siblings were almost pitted against each other to receive like love and attention and affection. Yeah. Um, so that's another sort of version that I didn't feel as drawn to that like you were maybe really working on healing in this lifetime, but it's sort of another option that could have played out in a past life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting too. I mean, when, when you're 16 and all of a sudden you're taking care of your younger siblings, which is really what was happening for me there, I obviously was, I was just finding my way and doing, doing that. And it was, a. It was, I mean, it was obviously a a very wild experience having to find my way through that process. But my, my sister who's directly beneath me, the one that's five years beneath me, she and I, it's funny, I was thinking about this this morning and then now we're, now we're talking about this, but she and I, she's, she's the person in my life I've spent the most amount of time with in life that I've just, you know, we, we shared rooms when we were kids and we, you know, we just, while we were five years apart, we we were kind of thick as thieves always. And as we got a little bit older, we even, I, I think I must have been like right out of college and she was still in high school and she lived with me. And I was like, I mean, what, like 22 years old. <laughs> and she was like a senior in high school living with me. And we, it, there were some battles because yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to take care of a teenager and I'm basically a teenager myself still. I'm like barely past it. And there was, and and we had so much fun and loved each other so much. And then there was also these, like these battles where when we talk about it now, we're like, God, like we were, we were like, (laughs) it was, it was, it was a lot. It was aggressive. And I also, I also love that I had the ability to have as, as just dysfunctional as it was that I was able to always be there for her, even if I didn't have the answers that at least Mm -hmm. I was, at least I was trying to, to be a good guide for her, despite the fact that sometimes it was like really tumultuous. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's interesting. Um, I, and I guess the last thing I would share kind of going back then to that, that state of like the future and how, you know, like it's sort of what the energy and vibration that your soul is really calling for, for that sort of karmic healing is whenever you feel like you are in, um, like I feel like your soul is really calling out for in this lifetime, those vibrations of fun and play and just enjoyment. And it's again, kind of like making up for what you didn't get to receive in those past lives of just letting yourself receive those, letting yourself. Another really big theme for you is, um, because you have your North Node in the tenth house and conjunct Pluto is really letting yourself be seen and be recognized and receive attention for for who you are and not just what you do or what you do to take care of other people, but just for who you are for your inner beauty um, and like your your being. Yeah. Wow, this is this is just so interesting. It's, yeah. it's so great. Yeah, I I recall like I don't know, probably five or six years ago when Ben and I have been together for six years. And when I met him, I was like, oh, 
here you are. It was very much like that moment where mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we, we, okay, we found each other. Good, good thing. Good for us <laughs> that we did this, this go round. It was very much like that. And it was a conversation we had really early, which is not a conversation that folks often have when they're at the beginning stages of dating. Like, oh, I definitely know you from a time before this, but we yeah. were having that conversation. <laughs> and I remember around that time it was probably about the time that I was really starting to heal that stuff with my siblings. And I remember being just really distraught that I, and, and having him as a partner, he was able to really be a mirror to me for this, but I was really distraught. It was after like a a Christmas holiday. I was so distraught that I felt that I had tried to hold this space for this Christmas experience to be really just, you know, be something that it inevitably wasn't going to be. Mm -hmm. And it's I I kind of giggle about it now looking back because it's like I'm not particular Christianity is not something that I'm particularly like the idea of the the Christmas tradition is not really something that I am super aligned with but it was the potential of just having my family together mm-hmm. which was so important to me and so I was really distraught after this this Christmas time together because I felt like I had tried so hard to create this space for us to all be together and to to just take care of one another and and to do what people do in the holidays and everybody in my family was just kind of not doing it the way I I wanted it done <laughs> yeah. and so I was really distraught about it and like really really kind of beating myself up like you know I why can't I why can't I make them want this like I want this and when I when Ben was a great mirror for me after that and was like, look, like, it's just, you got to let that go. It's, you got, you got to, you got to meet them all where they're at and just have this experience be something that works for all of you. And I shifted out of this, like, kind of grip I had on trying to create this experience that it seemed that every time that we got together, I was trying to create. And after that, it felt like this big shift happened. And so now when it's time for us to get together, my like grasp and, and like kind of like, you know, clutching for something that maybe isn't going to be the way I, I would want to construct it. I've let that go. And we do have so much, we have so much more fun. It's yeah. just, it's not, I'm no longer holding on to this thing that I never right. need to hold on to. And so attached to a certain result. It's so funny because yeah. I had a similar experience when I first was learning astrology and learning about like my North and South node specifically, um, mine played out in a different way, but I was really into this guy who had been a friend and I told him how I felt, but he had just gotten out of a relationship and he was like, let me, you know, take some time and think about it. He took way longer than I wanted to, for him to think about it. And I kept waiting for him to like text me or give me some sort of answer. And but I found myself, I was like, this is a pattern. Like, I feel like I've been in this exact situation with someone else before of like me telling someone how I felt and waiting for them to respond. And like, why aren't they showing up at my door? My South Node's in Leo too. So like, I expect the grand romantic gestures of like, you every, (laughs) I don't actually think this, but it feels like this is how I was thinking. Like everyone's actors in my play and need to bend themselves to my expectations and like when I realized exactly what you said of like everyone's living their own journey and you can't hold them to 
the expectations of the way you expect things to go. I felt that same exact sort of release. And as soon as I did that, the next day he texted me and he texted me, he wasn't ready to go into a relationship, but at least I had the closure I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You got the clarity and the closure when you let it go. Yeah. And it was like the, the holding on to it. That's what like, yeah, understanding these patterns and being able to release them does it like just loosens our grip and helps us move on and have sort of that more expansive, fun, easygoing feeling towards things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, we could talk about this stuff for hours, but I, you know, I've definitely found like when I look at my relationships, I have, and it has to be somewhere in my, it's somewhere in my chart for sure. I have an experience where I attract in, and I've had very close relationships with people that are, have some sort of addiction. So when I talked about the experience with my mom, that's kind of the direction she went was not someone that was, you would have ever, ever, she was like the the room mother, like the Mm -hmm. PTA, like president, like that sort of person. And then she went this like completely different path into a path of addiction and had to work through that. And then I started attracting it literally from the time of high school. Like I, I had, I had a high school boyfriend that had to go to rehab and he was like an artist and interesting and cool. And I really, I was really into him. And then he had to go to rehab. Then I had another one right after that same story. Then I had another one right after college, same story up until my most recent relationship before Ben. Now Ben is the complete, complete opposite of that. And I, when I was in the the relationship right before Ben, it's when I finally was like, hello, like this is something you are playing out over and over and over again. And it's existed in so many stories in so many ways and your life, like, how about let's, let's not be trying to take care of people and get them through the process of healing. Mm-hmm. Let's let, let's let them do it themselves. You don't have to actually be in the relation in a relationship with that person. Yeah. And so that was kind of, um, an awareness I had. Yeah. Maybe, maybe six or seven years ago also, but it really took me having to go. And of course, like each of those people were really magnetic and interesting and doing amazing things. And at the same time, had this other part of them that they needed to work on. But I didn't need to be the one to work on it. I just found myself yeah. taking that responsibility. So that was something that um, just from a from a kind of noticing the repetition right. of the relationships I was attracting in. Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, from the conversation we've had, you can even maybe look at that as <clears throat> your soul being really used to having that responsibility of taking care of other people. And maybe that was a way to subconsciously kind of manifest that in people who really yeah. needed you until, like you said, you kind of were became aware of it and were like, I don't, this isn't serving me anymore. I don't need to do this. I don't need to hold responsibility for all these people. Yeah. Yeah. And then I found someone who was literally the complete opposite of that. Was yeah. Like, oh, great. Okay, cool. <laughs> we don't have to do that part of the relationship because exactly. we're going to do other things. And it's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, I love having these conversations. So much fun. So much fun. Um, okay, Chelsea, I want to ask you some things. Um, well, let me ask you this before we get into our closing questions. So right now in the world, what themes are you saying that come up quite a bit in your past life readings that are kind of like the themes that are happening the most often in our current times? Mm -hmm. I think, um, great question. I think 
two of the things I've seen most commonly in readings recently is the theme of reclaiming your personal power, especially because reclaiming your power and reclaiming your voice are the two biggest ones. And especially because I do, I work primarily with women and, you know, we're seeing in the collective, this really beautiful rebalancing of divine feminine energy. And in order for that to happen, we as women have to reclaim our power and reclaim our voices. But I see it in a lot of different ways of people who are maybe wanting to um, be writers or just speak up and share their voices more. But power, like inner power and claiming your voice in some way are the two biggest themes I see. Okay. I, lo- I love those themes. I feel like that is the energy of 2021. Reclaim mm-hmm. your power. Yeah. Y- use your voice. Yeah. Divine feminine rising. Yes. yes. Okay. Cool, cool. Okay. So I want to ask you our five questions to close. So the first one is, tell us about an object or charm that is special to you. I have a gold ring. Um, I'm showing it to you, but you can't see it on the audio. But this was my grandfather's prep school ring. And oh, that's he, so, oh, so beautiful. he passed away when I was, I think, a senior in college. And even before I was really into spirituality or woo-woo stuff, I, for some reason, always felt very connected with him in spirit, even after he passed. And so wearing this ring just reminds me of that and brings me a lot of comfort and peace. So beautiful. Okay. Tell me about a book that changed your life. Oh, I definitely, first book, I always say Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton. Have you read that? I haven't read that one. No. It's so good. And it really, I think, expanded my perspective. What it did for me is it really helped me zoom out. And I think it's a big reason why I'm able to do this sort of karmic work because it gave me a really deeper understanding of what our souls are here to do and learn. And it it gives you case study conversations with his patients in hypnotherapy and their life between lives sessions. So they're like, after they have passed in the physical life and they kind of go back and revisit conversations that their soul had with their guides about their life review, what they want to focus on in the next life. And whether or not you believe that any of that's true, if you can go into it with an open mind, it is so expansive and just really makes you think and like gives you a different perspective about what this whole thing is about (laughs) that we're here on earth for. Yeah. Okay. I'll be adding that one to the book list right away. (laughs) Okay. Tell me about an experience or a moment that changed your life in a profound way. Um, In 2016, I got my dream job when I was still working in marketing, working for Coca-Cola on their FIFA World Cup trophy tour campaign. So I got to uh, do that job for two years and in 2018 travel around the world in a private plane with Coca-Cola to 40 different countries. And it was the best experience. It was also very challenging with politics at a really big corporation and actually what led to my spiritual awakening. So it was very life-changing on multiple levels for me. You're like flying on the private jet and you land and you're like in all these countries and all of a sudden you start to have these moments of like, there's something else for me. 
Yeah. Besides private chats. Yeah. To be honest, it was my dream job. And then I realized at the end of it, I was like, why doesn't this feel more fulfilling? I feel like I'm just marketing soda still. Um, so yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you had that experience and found <laughs> this path because you are so full of magic. Oh, we, thank you. We need it. Yeah. Okay. What is something that you do for your health and wellness? I think my favorite practice that I've always leaned on, and that has brought me so much, especially my spiritual and intuitive connection, has been journaling. Um, I think I, when I was going through my spiritual awakening. I kind of wish I had worked with a guide or a coach, but looking back, I just filled journals and journals with thoughts and emotions and musings and questions about life. And I feel like I kind of coached and guided myself through it, which maybe wasn't the most efficient, but journaling just helps me. It helps me shift energy when I have a lot of swirling thoughts and questions and confusion and gets it out onto paper. So that all might still be there, but it's not existing within me, at least not as heavily. Yeah. You know, and sometimes being our own guide is how we have to do it to find our way. Yeah. So. Okay. Last question. Tell me about a moment that you knew magic was real. Okay. So I have a little quick story to share about this, but a couple of years ago, I was, um, traveling home from a work conference in San Francisco. And I got to the airport really early, so early that I, the previous flight was getting ready to leave to go to Atlanta. And I was like, I'm going to try and manifest getting on the standby list and getting a seat on this earlier flight. So I went up and put my name on the list. It was not looking likely that I was going to get on, but I sat down and visualized and kind of felt in my body what it would feel like to be on this earlier flight and just have the relief of getting home earlier. And as I was doing that, the seat number 36E popped into my head. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. But actually, if I'm manifesting, I don't want to manifest a middle seat. I want to manifest an aisle seat. But <laughs> anyways, so a few minutes later, I ended up getting onto the plane and the woman handed me my ticket and the seat number said 35E. And I was like, wow, that was only one off, like of all the <laughs> seats in the plane. That's so cool. Um, and so interesting. And then I got on the plane and I got to my seat and there was a woman sitting there. And I was like, oh, this is my seat, 35E. And she's like, well, I'm actually sitting next to my husband. Would you mind taking my seat? And of course, her seat that I took was 36E. And so I sat down and I was like, first of all, I manifested getting on this earlier flight. And I like had some sort of psychic hit, like magic must be real. It was like a really cool, crazy combination of what felt like manifestation and intuition coming together. Yeah. And the universe, like having a little bit of a sense of humor. Yeah, like, totally. Oh, 35 or 36. Let's <laughs> see what you get. It was, uh, it felt like it. a true moment of co-creation, even though it's something silly and small kind of. Yeah. But it's sometimes, I mean, Sometimes that's how you know. You get yeah. these little you get these little small things. It's like just that affirmation that, oh yeah, this if if you can get yourself a seat on this plane, there's a lot more you can get up to. And that was exactly the way it felt. Like I sat there on that flight and I was just like, All right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Okay, Chelsea. So as we wrap it up, tell everyone where they can find you if they want to 
get into your work, if they want to book a reading, if they want to get into your programs, where they can find you and yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, first of all, just want to say thank you so much for having me on. I love talking with you every time I get to. Um, and people can find me. The best place is on Instagram. My handle is chelseajewel33. That's also my handle on Clubhouse now, which I'm trying to be on more often. And you know we're going to have some convos in the Sea Changers group yeah. coming up. Um, so it, reach out to me on Instagram. That's the best place. I have the link to my website there. Also, my website is called soulfuljourneycoaching.com. And I do uh, astrology readings like we talked about, past life readings. I also do um, one-on-one coaching or intuitive mentorship for people who also want to open up their own intuition and their own intuitive gifts. Because I was not born one of those children that was seeing ghosts at the age of five and everything like that. So anyone can do this. And I want everyone to know that. Beautiful. All right, my friend, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate you. you. Bye, everyone. Okay, wow. That's probably my fourth or fifth wow of this episode. But I am truly pretty mind blown. And it takes some serious stuff to blow my mind, honestly. What a gift to have Chelsea spend a little bit of time looking into my past life chart. And what I love about the conversation with her is her reminder that we all have an opportunity in each and every life that we experience to heal, to grow, to evolve, and to really walk on a path that's closer to our true purpose every single day. So definitely go follow along with what Chelsea is up to. She's also, big news, she is a contributing writer to my website, to WeWe now. So I'm so excited to have her voice on the site going forward. So you can go take a look over there as well to see more from her in future. So as we close out this episode, I'm going to jump into a couple of our reviews from this past week. And every time I read these, as you guys know, I'm so lit up. So here we go. This one is from C. Curtis 33. Okay. Grounded woo-woo wisdom that I can't get enough of. I am loving this podcast so much. As someone who is very into all things woo-woo, I sometimes find myself getting into information and idea overload. But Andy brings such a grounded perspective to all of her interviews that I can actually walk away with lots of practical tips and practices to implement. Can't wait for more episodes to come. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Here's one more that I'll read for us today. Okay, this one is Chelsea Papa, the podcast for all things mystical. Whether you've been into the mysticism for years or just starting to dabble in spirituality, this is the podcast to listen to. Andy is incredibly knowledgeable and is a master at providing insight while keeping things fun and entertaining at the same time. Thank you. Thank you. I am so blessed to have these reviews coming in every week from you all. I appreciate it so much. My gratitude is, I can't, I can't say it enough how grateful I am. My gratitude is just overflowing. 
All right. If you are loving the show, if you love this episode, pass it along. Share it with a friend who needs to hear it. Share it on social. You can find the show at your woo woo BFF. You can find me, Andy, at wee wee girl. And that's it for this week. Until next time, looking forward to seeing you again with another beautiful interview. Much love, much love. Wishing you all a really magical day.